Let us turn our Bibles to the book of Psalm 85 and verse number 6. Where the Bible says, Psalm 85 verse 6. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? And I'm speaking on the subject, the season of revival. We need revival. What does the word revive mean? Several things. Number one. To return to life. To revive means to return to life. Physical life. Spiritual life. Marital life. Prayer life. Ministry life. To return to life. The Bible says, Bible Kuti, in Judges chapter 15, Zamutu 15, verses 17 to 20, verse 17 in Paka 20, talking about Samson, Kukamba Samson, the Philistines had come out to him, a Philistine Adabula Kwaye, to want to kill him, Dijolinga Chota Mupe. And so his own brothers, one about a thousand men of Judah, went looking for Samson to tie him. So when they met him, he asked them a question. He said, Why have you come out? Your own, my, you are my own brothers. Do you want to kill me? His own brother said, we're not going to kill you. But we came to tie you so we can surrender you to the Philistines. Because they have come looking for you. So he said, why don't you promise me that it is not you, my own brothers, who are going to kill me? They said, we will not kill you, we will only so he surrendered his hands and they tied him, the Bible says, with new ropes. And they took him to the Philistines who were waiting for him at a place called Lehi. And when the Philistines saw Samson tied, the Bible says they rejoiced. Before we continue, I want to announce that anyone rejoicing at your suffering shall go down in the name of Jesus Christ. And when they were just about to hand him over to the Philistines, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. And 
the ropes that they used to tie him broke loose. And nearby he sold the jawbone of a donkey. And he picked it. And he used it to kill a thousand men with it. Verse number 17. After he had done the deed of killing 1,000 people. The Bible says. He threw the job bone from his hand. In verse 18. The Bible says. That he became very thirsty. To the point of death. And he said to the Lord, You have given me this great deliverance by the hand of your servant. Now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? He was disappointed. I have done this great work for you. The Philistines are the enemies of your people, Israel. They came to harass us. I have killed 1,000 of them. I have done great exploits for you. And yet you are allowing me to be so thirsty to the point of death. Shall I die of thirst? That is the lament of so many in the church. We are working so hard for the change. We are committed to the service before, of your heart. They tell us to pray, we have been praying. They tell us to fast, we have been fasting. They tell us to live a holy life, we are living a holy life. They tell us to give and we are giving. They tell us to bring people to church who have been inviting them to church. But how come our lives are not changing? Why are we struggling like this? How much more are we going to wait for our testimonies? Samson had questions. Will you let me die of thirst? After I have done so much, will I remain unemployed? Will I remain single? Do you want me to die single like this? 
when I'm doing so much for your house. Samson had questions. Now shall I die of thirst? And fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. He was disappointed. Disappointed with God. We have Christians like that who are equally disappointed with God. They are in the category of John the Baptist. Who told the people without any fear of doubt or shame or contradiction. I mean, I am not the Christ. Christ. Don't even call me prophet. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths in the wilderness. I have come to prepare the way for Jesus. But one day, after he had introduced Jesus to the people, and Jesus and his ministry became so popular among the masses, a message came to Jesus that John the Baptist is arrested and he has been cast into prison. Most likely the idea was most likely the idea was Jesus, you know what this man has done for you. You need to go and visit him in prison. But lo and behold, the Bible says that when Jesus heard that John has been cast into prison, he went to Galilee for crusades. So John sent two of his disciples. The man who told everyone that Jesus is the Lamb of God who was slain for the sin of the world. Sent two messengers to Jesus. The message was clear. Go find out from Jesus. Is he the Messiah or we should wait for another? Because if he was the one, most likely he should have come to see me. And Jesus responded. Go and tell John what you have heard and what you, his messengers, have seen that the blind are seeing that deaf are hearing 
the cripples are walking. Lepers have been cleansed. And the gospel is being preached to the poor. And go and tell John. That blessed are those. Who are not offended because of me. Not long after that. John was beheaded. He lost his life. Because he was disappointed. Why are we working so hard for Jesus? And our situations are not changing. Anyone asking such a question or such questions is in need of what we call revival. Because those in a revival don't ask such questions. The Bible says that Paul and Silas were cast into prison. Paul and Silas Acts 16 verses 23 to 26. Not only were they in prison, they were in the inner cell. And an instruction was given. After they had laid many stripes on Paul and Silas. That they should be kept securely. And the jailer, verse 24, put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. These were men in a revival. One would have expected them to complain. Because their offense was that they preached Christ. And they cast out a demon from one young lady who was prophesying lies. That was their offense. They never stole anybody's property. They never insulted anyone. They only preached Christ. And ministered deliverance in his name. And yet they were cast into prison. So naturally one would have expected them to complain. But look at verse 25. The Bible says. At midnight. Paul and Silas Paul and began to pray. And after they prayed, they began to sing praises unto God. Praises unto God. Instead of complaining unto God, they sang praises unto Him. The modern day believer is in need of revival. The church is in need of revival. The nation is in need of revival. And so, in verse 19 of Judges 15, please we are in Judges 15, 19. 
We are crisscrossing the scripture, so be with me, media. So God split the hollow place that is in Lehi, and water came out. And Samson drank. Somebody is in need of a drink. Revival is about drinking the waters of the Spirit. Drinking the waters of God. The Bible says that Samson drank. I'm believing God that in this season someone is going to partake of this revival drink. Somebody is going to partake of the rivers of the Spirit. The rivers of the Spirit. The rivers of the Spirit. And when you partake of this river, it will show. It will show. It will show that the landscape has changed. Let's move on here. He drank. He drank. Then what happened next? The Bible says, I'm in verse 19. Please. Who is operating this? The Bible says, Bible when he drank, his spirit returned. Have you seen that? This is where I'm getting the definition of revival I gave you. I said revival or to revive means to return to life. The Bible says his spirit returned. It was going. Some of you, your prayer life is going. Your relationship with God is going down. Your dedication to the things of the spirit is simply and merely at religious level. Nothing more. You've lost meaning of walking with Jesus. You're just dragging yourself. The vibrancy with which you used to walk with Jesus is no longer there, sir. The fire that used to drive your Christian life is not present anymore. You are the Samson type. But thank God that he brought water to Samson. And the man drank. And when he drank, the Bible says, his spirit returned. Not only that, it says, and he revived. There is water that revives. 
And somebody will be partaking of those waters in this service. In the name of Jesus Christ. I'm talking to you. Can I hear a louder shout of amen? Amen. What am I saying to you this morning? It is time to return. To return to the life of prayer. The life of holiness. The life of serving God. The life of fearing Him. The life of respecting God. The life of obedience. The life of obedience. It is time to return to the joy of salvation. Where being in Christ becomes exciting again. Some of you have lost that joy. The excitement that you used to have when you came to Christ is no longer there. It is the season of revival. Where praying will not be a burden anymore. Reading the Bible will not be a burden anymore. Coming to church will not be a burden anymore. Living a holy life will not be anything difficult anymore. The church is in need of revival. And you are in need of revival. What is to revive? To revive means to awake from slumber and ministerial apathy. To awake from slumber and ministerial apathy. So many people are spiritually asleep. And to Evidenced by prayerlessness. Lack of interest in the word of God. Lack of dedication to the service of the house of God. When revival hits in the early church, people were in church every day. Acts 2, 42. Going down to 47. They were in church daily. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking bread. In the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. 
And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, all who believed were together and had all things in common. And sought their possessions and goods and divided them all as anyone had need. Look at that. So continuing daily. See, daily in one accord in the temple. So they were in church daily. At the epic of that revival, there were daily meetings. Daily in the temple. And they were breaking bread from house to house. Daily. Today, you call for daily meetings, not forever, just for 30 days, people will not show up. There's bankruptcy of revival. We are outside revival. We need revival back. So many Christians are Sunday only Christians. The only service they will attend in church is Sunday service. Call for any other service, they will not be available. They have a form of godliness, but they have denied the power thereof. God is concerned. He's asking a question in Luke 6:46. 46. Why do you call me Lord Lord? When you do not do the things that I say. That is his question to the modern day believer. Why do you call me Lord Lord? And not do the things which I say. So there is a call in Ephesians 5 verse 14. It says, Awake you who sleep. Awake you who sleep. Because so many Christians are in the sleeping mode of their Christian life. They are in spiritual comatose. Men have gone asleep. They have gone asleep. They are snoring spiritually. Every time you don't pray, you are sleeping. Every time you are not reading your Bible, you have gone asleep. 
every time you are not winning souls to Christ, you have fallen asleep. Every time you are not in church when the church is meeting, you are asleep. Every time you don't take the things of God seriously, you have fallen spiritually asleep. Every time you hear the word of God and you don't apply it, you are snoring, my friend. Every time you don't want to live a holy life, you don't want to uphold Christian standards and values in your daily transactions. You are men that have slept. Revive will mean that we are awaking from slumber and ministerial apathy. It was when men slept that the enemy came to plant tears in the garden of wheat. Matthew chapter 13 verse 25 to 31. While men slept, Sir, sleeping is a position of spiritual compromise and carelessness. You are in a state of compromise. When the Bible says shun every appearance of evil, that is where you want to look at evil more. I know why they slept. It was because of premature satisfaction, the arrival mentality. Because they planted wheat in that garden. And that phase was successfully done. Wonderful, they beat themselves on the chase. Wow! Things are working. High five! And the Bible says, in verse 26, men slept. Antua Anagona. Twenty five, please. Main slept. Antua Anagona. And as they were sleeping, the enemy came. So subtly. Noiseless. And he made sure no one woke up. And this garden, now listen to me. This should give you an idea of how long they slept. 
Because if I own a garden, that requires me to hire servants, that's not one acre. Because they are talking about a master who hired servants. And they are not giving us the number. If it was two, three, four, I think they should have mentioned it. So this was a big farm. Can you imagine that they sold wheat there? They were so tired that they had to sleep. But the enemy planted his seed in the duration of their sleep. Don't tell me it was one hour of sleeping. I'm saying this to say that some of you have slept enough. And therefore the enemy has damaged your life enough. It is time to wake up. When they woke up, they didn't know the enemy had come to plant something. They are sleeping made them to be blind. They lost discernment. You see, one of the things you lose when you become spiritually careless is the ability to discern. The ability to discern. And that is why so many Christians have been deceived because they have lost discernment. If you don't pray, you don't read the Bible, you don't live a holy life, Listen, there's no way you can have the ability to discern. They walked in the same garden, but they couldn't see the footprints of the enemy. They didn't see extra holes that were dug in the garden. Until the seed sprouted. That was too little too late. I pray. That you will not wake up when it is too late. That is why those of you that are married. The moment you discover that look. The moment you notice that look. This is my husband. Or this my wife. This week. He hasn't prayed. From nowhere. The man who was praying two hours. A week has passed. There is no praying. 
Don't joke with it. Take one another to task. There must be something wrong. What happened? You are not praying. Why are you asking? Why are you being holier than thou? You are taking the holier than thou approach. We are each other's keepers. I don't understand this. Is it making sense? Because if you wait until the tears grow. So tears there will mean extramarital affairs. Gambling. Betting oh. if you like. Betting. Yes, yes, yes. Uh -huh. Gambling. Uh -huh. It may be too little, too late to do anything. It's better to arrest the problem before it is too late. These people only discovered that. Look. Even then, the men had no clue as to who had done it. But they saw the look. In this garden, there is not only wheat. There is also something extra. Some of you in your spiritual life, you know it. there is something extra. You are a Christian, yes, born again. But you know that when it comes to lying, you can be a professional liar. You know it. When it comes to pretending, my God, you know that you can be a professional pretender. Who has brought this something extra in your life? It is better to deal with it before it is too late. There is something suffocating your spiritual life. Deal with it. That is what revival is about. Deal with it. How come things that used Never to be allowed in your life, you are now beginning to entertain them. Because now you are saying, ah, we are matured in courts. You know, when you reach a certain level spiritually, you know, there is need for some level of flexibility. Sir, you have fallen asleep. Wake up from your slumber. Because one day, you will discover that it is not as easy to deal with the situation. Look at this. In verse 26, Matthew chapter 13, the Bible says, Matthew 13, verse 26, Bible says, when the grain has sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appear. Mm. Now, 
Verse 27. Verse 27. So the servants of the order came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tears? These are intelligent questions. These are intelligent questions. The first one is, did you not? Did you not receive the Holy Spirit? You are behaving like this. Is this the Holy Spirit driving you to behave like this? Did you not receive the Holy Spirit? How come you are behaving this way, my sister? It is a blessing to know that there is an enemy fighting. When you see a brother who is supposedly born again, drinking, smoking, engaging in extramarine affairs or indeed adultery or fornication stealing at the office cutting corners in business lying to immigration people in the borders understating the value of goods just know that the enemy has bewitched him. I know somebody is saying, Pastor, you are talking about revival. Don't talk about immigration. Customs, MRA people. In the borders. At the airport. People say, no, these are just gifts. But my friends have given me in Johannesburg. Lying. A believer is lying. Because he wants to evade tax. MRA people must not get any money on the goods. You are in trouble. Because one day you stand before God with your tears. Because you remember. Please, I want the verse back. Next verse, please. He said, an enemy has done this. Then the servants asked him a question. Do you want us then to go and take out the tears? You know what he told them? It is too late. Verse 29. I hope you will not deal with your problem when it is too late. He said it is too late. This is not the time to approve the tears. 
because when you gather up the tears you may also uproot the wheat so let them grow together. This, this is where now they begin to say in this marriage we have irreconcilable differences. The best option is for us to part ways. Because our positions are far distant. There's no way we can come to one position. I've asked people, is it not possible to? They said, no, he's not. The situation has reached where the tares and the wheat must what? Grow together. Must grow together. There is nothing to uproot. Because to uproot one means the other must also be uprooted. <laughs> Lord have mercy on us. If there is a challenge anywhere in your spiritual life, my prayer is Deal with it before it is too late. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is to revive? Number three. To revive is to recover from shock or depression. To recover, to restore from shock. You know, when you say, I am shocked, what, with what has happened, I am shocked. Okay. I am in a state of shock, you know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you interpret correctly okay. what I have just said. Okay. To recover from shock. Mm. To recover from a state of shock, a state of disappointment, a state of depression. Somebody shout hallelujah. Isn't it amazing what the Bible is telling us about Jacob? In Genesis 37, Genesis 37, Verses 32 to 36. There is a story there about how the brothers of Joseph sold him to the Ishmaelites. And when they saw their brother, they said, what are we going to tell our father? And mind you, Joseph was Jacob's favorite. 
He even made him a coat of many colors which he never made for the race of the sons. And the young man at the age of 17 had powerful dreams pointing to, to the fact that he had a great future ahead of him. And so the Bible says that his brothers envied Joseph. And so after they saw their brother, they said, What are we going to tell our father? So what they did was that before they sold him, they took his coat of many colors. And so they mixed it with, they killed a kid of a goat and mixed it in the blood of that kid. And then we come to verse 32 now. The Bible says they sent the tunic of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild, now hear this, a wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. So they made their father to believe a lie. I decree that in your Christian walk you shall not believe a lie. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Media, I think let's be on the same page. Put the the passage. Is it not possible to put it there for 10 minutes, for example? Is it possible? Ah. And he recognized it and said, it is my son's tonic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. Verse 34. Then Jacob tore his clothes and put some clothes on his waist. And mourned for his son many days. Now here it is. Verse 35. And all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him. Including the sons that had sold Joseph to the Israelites. They were comforting him. But he refused to be comforted. And he said, for I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. So now that is a position. So the Bible says that his father wept for him. Are you not going to read that? His father wept for him. Is it making sense here? Mm. The man said, I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. That is, I'm going to mourn my son for the rest of my days that are ahead of me. So Joseph was one, I mean, Jacob was one man who was in need of revival. Because he lived in disappointment. The disappointment being that 
he had to in this case bury the son instead of the son burying him he was in a state of shock he was in a state of disappointment now let's go to genesis 45 and verse 27 so this man jacob never recovered from that shock until chapter 45. Because when his sons went to Egypt to look for food because of his family in the there Joseph their brother revealed himself to them because he had now become a big man in Egypt. So he said to his brothers, go tell my father that Joseph is still alive. Of Genesis 45. The Bible says that when they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the cards which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. The spirit of Jacob revived. He was depressed for over 13 years. Disappointed. There are so many people listening to me. Online and on ground. That are living in disappointment. You can take the verse now my friend. You are overdoing it. You need to have discernment. To say now the pastor doesn't want the verse anymore. <laughs> wow. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody listening to me is in need of revival, recovery from shock from disappointment. Maybe it could have been a relationship. It could have been something you are believing God for. It could have been anything that has left you in a state of shock and disappointment. Jacob. Yakobo. Made a statement. He said, I'm going to mourn my son until I enter my grief. That is, I will not be happy anymore. Is that how you want to live your life? Not happy. Not happy. Not happy. Not happy. Disappointed. Shocked. Depressed. Morning all the time. No. A day came. When the spirit of Jacob revived. I 
I decreed this that concerning every disappointment of your life let there be change in the name of Jesus let there be change in the name of Jesus let there be change in the name of Jesus please can I hear a louder shout of amen here amen any issues, situations, and disappointments that may have left you in a state of shock and emotional paralysis. I decree this hour. Let there be change in the name of Jesus. Let there be change in the name of Jesus. Let there be change in the name of Jesus. I'm talking to you. Can I hear loud a shout of amen? Amen. Please listen to this. What are the keys to revival? What are the keys for revival? Number one, the revelation of the love and faithfulness of God. You must catch the revelation of the love of God. No matter what may have been happening to you. God loves you so much. That he wants you better. Better spiritually. Better financially. Better maritally. Better in your career. God, you better. He wants you better. He wants you better. That is why he says that all things shall work together for your good. Romans 8, 28. It was a difficult situation for Joseph, isn't it? When his own brother sold him, the Bible says he pleaded with them not to sell him. For Joseph, 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 yes. Joseph. But the same But God, in His love, will use that situation. As a springboard for the rise of Joseph. Maybe God had other ways of fulfilling Joseph's dreams. But he said, Because I have done this to him, I'll still use this seemingly evil experience, negative experience in the life of Joseph. To take him to the top. God so loves you that He has promised that anything and everything happening to you will work together for your good. Including the seemingly negative experiences. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Not only are we talking about the love of God, we are also talking about his faithfulness. You need to have the revelation of his faithfulness. That way you will never be disappointed with him. That way you will keep trusting him and you will never draw back on your commitment to him. Because you know that he is faithful. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 24. The Bible says faithful is he who has promised. Who also will do it. May he do it in your life in the name of Jesus. Keys to revival. Number two. The comfort of the scriptures. The comfort of the scriptures. The word of God. Is an important tool for sustaining revival in our lives. The word of God is like a fire. Jeremiah 23, 29. Luke 24, 32. Luke 24, 32. The word of God is like a fire. It has fire characteristics. And when you allow the word to set you ablaze, you can never be a dull Christian. Romans 15, 4, the Bible says that the things that we are written are full time, we are written for our learning. That we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Hope is an important driver of revival. Hope is an important driver of revival. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't sleep. You chose to come for this service. I expect that you slept longer than those of us who came at 6 a.m. So, no matter what is happening to you, swallow the scriptures. Swallow the word of God. God, feed on the word. Read it, read it, read it. Read the Bible. Listen to teachings. Uh, read books written by anointed men and women of God. Always be listening to messages. Yeah. That way you always be on fire for God. You always be on fire for God. You know, when we say that you always be on fire for God, the Chichewa way is, ah, okay. Yes, okay. that's okay. Chichewa. Okay. Yeah, don't interpret um, English in Chichewa. <laughs> Number three. That. Engaging in strategic prayers. <laughs> Engaging in prayers. 
Mapepera. Is it making sense? Hmm. I don't have time to show you the efficacy of prayer. In Luke 18:1, Jesus gave them a parable to show them that men ought always to pray. And not lose heart. Please listen to this. Loss of heart is one of the major enemies of revival. We have been praying, it's not working, so let's just stop praying. That is, you have lost heart. So the opposite of prayer is not prayerlessness per se. The opposite of prayer is what? Loss of heart. It's either you are praying or you have lost heart. King James will talk about fainting. Mm-hmm. It says, men ought always to pray and not faint. So the opposite of prayer is what? Fainting. Mm-hmm. That is, if you don't pray, you have what? Fainted. Spiritually, you have fainted. Mm-hmm. And it's more like I'm to my body, do I go change? Do I want to go more? Go home, sello, sabita. Agapita, abusa ziwe wodi lelo anada. Nabuera. Do faint ameni. Kuko moka tu seni seni sich. Kuko moka woshida utili la mats. It is a problem. I decree this hour. Every power tormenting your prayer life is broken in the name of Jesus. I release the spirit of prayer upon you in the name of Jesus. Zechariah chapter 2 from verse number 10. 12 of Zechariah and verse number 10. Zechariah 12 verse 10. All right, let's move on to number four. Yielding to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Please. Constant fellowship with the Holy Spirit is a key to revival. Ezekiel 2.2 2. Ezekiel 2.2 2. Ezekiel 2.2 The Spirit entered me as He spoke to me. And he sent me. So that is what the Holy Spirit will do. Will set you, will cause you to do things mm. that are pleasing unto God. Because in verse number one, he was given an instruction. From verse one, he said, Stand on your feet. And I'll speak to you. Now, the moment that entered his ears. The spirit entered him. 
and set him caused him to stand on his feet and he held him spoke speaking to him the holy spirit it's not by might nor by power it is by my spirit says the lord Zechariah 4:6 we need to yield ourselves to the spirit of god we must engage in constant fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Which practically means talking to him all the time to signify the fact that you are aware of his existence, availability and presence. Holy Spirit, I need you today. Guide me. I need you today. Guide me. Show me the right way to go. Holy Spirit, as we go for this meeting, I trust in you. We are going together. You are my senior partner, my chief counselor, and my guide. You are giving me words to speak. Hallelujah. Amen. Yielding to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Number five. Respect for the seasonality of life. Respect for the seasonality of life. Knowing that life is in seasons. And the chance you have now to do right may not be there tomorrow. That should keep you on your toys to do the right thing in life. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse number 11. The Bible says that God has made everything beautiful in his time. And when you go to verse number one of the same chapter, you find out that everything has time allocation. So the time you have to do certain things may not be available all the time. And that should keep you on the alert to do the right thing at the right uh, at all times. The next one, which is our number six, number six, is periodic withdrawals for personal retreats. Periodic withdrawals for personal retreats. Periodic withdrawals for personal retreats. That is what Jesus used to do continually in his earthly life and ministry. In Mark chapter 1 verse 35 to 37. The Bible says that Jesus left the house. Very early in the morning. Went out and departed to a solitary place where he prayed. Such moments are critical for 
the sustenance of our personal revival. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Periodic withdrawals. Look 5:16. Look at 5 verse 16. Periodic withdrawals. Look at 5 verse 16. Look at 5 verse 16. Jesus. Yes. Often withdrew. Yes. And he went into the wilderness. For what purpose? To pray. We are not taught for how long. Maybe two days. Maybe three days. Maybe one week. We don't know. But it was his regular practice. So many of us are too present. We are too present. No one will be saying, I was calling you, your phone could not be reached. No, because every time they called, you, they reached you. Too present. Too present. When last did you go out for a personal retreat? One day, two days, three days, four days. You are all alone. Praying, studying the scriptures. Yes. Meditating on the word of God. Waiting on him. When last did you do anything like that? I know someone is saying, Pastor, Because you are running it by trial and error. If you had withdrawn for two, three days, the Lord would have shown you the right way to do that business. Boy, in that business, he would also have revealed to you one of the boys who is stealing. That this one is stealing from you. Yes. And you go there and confront the boy, you discover that he says, oh, sorry, madam, sorry, madam. But because you are now too busy, you don't even know that they are stealing from you there. Business <laughs> You don't know anything. Why? Because you don't value personal retreats. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Those that wait upon the Lord, these are people that retreat to be with the Lord in prayers, in meditation, in fastings, and in 
scripture reading yuwa amena decree apa yehova nanto amena machoko kakala paoka kupempera kusala kuja kuelenga mawa mulungu isaiah 40 verse 28 to 31 isaiah 40 verse 28 paka 31 isaiah 40 verse 28 to 31 isaiah 40 verse 28 paka 31 number 7 to number 7 engaging in spiritual warfare against guests of hell ku menya nkhondo za uzimu kutala ndizipata za kukahena engaging in spiritual warfare against powers of darkness kumenya nkhondo ya uzimu yotana ni mpavu za kumdima powers of darkness are against your revival mpavu za kumdima Every revival will be resisted by guests of hell and therefore the enemy must be engaged in intensive battles. You have to pull down powers of hell that would want you not to be praying, not to be studying the scriptures, powers of darkness that would want to keep you confused and lacking focus and concentration in life need to pull them down powers of anxiety yes powers of sleeplessness because you're worried pull them down The Bible says you must put on the armor of God, the full armor of God. Yes. That you may stand against all the wires of the evil one. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 to 18. When Paul wanted to go to Thessalonica. You remember? That Satan hindered him. One Thessalonians 2 verse 18. One Thessalonians 2 verse 18. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 18. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 18. When God opened the door of the gospel to Paul in Ephesus. You remember? In 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9. What happened? 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9. The Bible says many adversaries arose. So every time you are talking about revival. Enemies will rise. Because enemies don't want revival to happen. That is why the enemy has been making you lazy in prayer. Lazy to study the word of God every time you want to read your Bible you just feel tired or you feel like you already know the scriptures. That's one of the lies that devil gives Christians. You feel like reading Isaiah. You go to Isaiah chapter and you see that you already highlighted a number of verses. So skip. Chapter 2 is a, a lot of green. Uh-uh. 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 You go page by page. Okay. Uh-uh. You go to chapter 32. Ah, chapter 32. You already highlighted Isaiah 32:15. Okay. Ah, and then you say, "Ah, I think we already know the Bible." It's a deception, sir. It's a deception. And some of you you don't know. 
the devil has so succeeded against you that the Bible has been kept away from you. Especially those of you that use gadgets to read your Bible. You want to go to U version, what do you call it here? U version. And then the moment you do like okay, mark one. You see so many messages coming on WhatsApp. And then you branched WhatsApp first. And you see one, one disturbing message that makes you angry. And you want to spend 40 minutes answering. Yeah, then you, de- you delete. You, 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 you draft again. You delete. And, and then there is no more time to read the Bible. You are in trouble. And the power. That is keeping you away from the Bible. And keeping the Bible away from you. I curse it in the name of Jesus. I destroy that power in the name of Jesus. I approve that power in the name of Jesus. Please, can I hear loud a better shout of amen here? Amen. Sit down, number eight. The last one. Which is the master key of revival. The master key of revival. Is brokenness of heart. That's why I want to talk about it last before we rise to pray. Brokenness of heart. Revival, my friend, is a matter of the heart. All these things we have talked about, please, I want to tell you the truth. Do not have power in themselves. There is too much activity. We are praying, we went to the mountain, we are fasting, we are doing this. The challenge is the heart is not involved. That is why our fastings are not generating as much power. Our reading of the Bible is not generating as much results. It is because these activities on their own do not have power on by themselves. They only carry as much power as the heart of the one undertaking them. So we need to pay closer attention to our hearts. You are fasting, yes. You are praying, yes. You are studying the Bible. Yes, you've been coming to church. You've been giving. But what is the state and the condition of your heart? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 
Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I said glory be to God. Hallelujah. What I'm telling you is the master key. Everything else depends on it. That is why it must come last. Proverbs 4 verse 23. My God. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Can I help me to the Ivy? Read it please brother. Miambo 4 verse 23. Ndipo tu ntima wako uzu ya nganina buino nditu Pakuti ndi oma gwero amoyo I like an IV rendering of this verse It says above all else Come on interpret that Pamamba pa sose Above all else It says the most important thing Aurichi ndicho funi kina kwambiri Among all the keys of revival you can talk about. Is that you must guard your heart. We can fast. Twenty-one days. One year. Three years. Six to six. Fasting. But we will be surprised that there is no power. Because sometimes you expect that for someone who has fasted for 24 hours, eh? someone who has fasted for 24 hours, or 36 hours, dry fasting. Eh? Dry fasting. Dry fasting. One week. What do you expect sometimes? Is that when you shake hands with such a person, you'll be falling under the power. You see that there is nothing. Sir, activity without heart is self-infliction. Your heart. The issue is on your heart. Yes, we know you are doing something. You are praying. You are fasting. You have been climbing the mountains. You have been in retreats. Yes. But where is the power? Where? the result. What is going on? My friend, Zanga. I will tell you, the missing link is the heart. The heart. So many of us need to pay attention to our hearts more than any other area of our lives. You will find out that you are still entertaining lust in your heart. Pride. Kunyada. Tradition. That 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 ngoni thing. Yes, it is still there. The yawa thing. The Gonde thing. The Tumbuka thing. 
I'm deliberately mentioning several tribes so that you don't say I'm against your tribe. You may not say it, but it is in your attitude, it is in your heart. Not knowing that is what is destroying every effort you are making to be a spiritual person. Some of you are looking at me as if you are innocent. You say, Pastor, some of us are not into that. But you are the headquarters of what I'm talking about. Even the rules of your house. Yes, they are the Ngoni type. Whether they are in line with the scriptures or not, for you, you don't care. If I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Yes. You will be saying that in his heart. Mm. And his wife knows. That is why God cannot put certain things in your hand. Some of you, it is your education. My God. Education. That is hindering what God can do with your life. As far as God is concerned, you are too educated to be used by God. Educated sister. So God says, no, no, no. These are educated ones. Leave them. Education has made you so rigid that you don't, you are not, you cannot be flexible with God. So God says, no, I need flexible people. What is your heart? What is your heart? That is the first question. What is your heart? That's right. What is, I'm not saying what is in your heart. What is your heart? What is your heart? Number two. Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Number three. What is in your heart? What is in your heart? Can I tell you what is in the hearts of so many people? Mark 7. Mark 7. Verse 8. Mark 7. Verse 8. Let's read from verse 20 going down. Verse 20. Maybe to 26, 27 there about. He went on. What 
comes out of a person is what defiles them. You have given me an IV. That's fine. Verse 21. For it is from within. Out of the person's heart. That evil thoughts come. The Bible is showing us where thoughts come from. The thoughts come from within. Out of a person's heart. For example, if you are thinking now that what does this pastor think he is? That he will be teaching like this. Those thoughts are coming from your heart. Is it making sense? Mm. They are coming from where? Your heart. And Jesus is saying, if people are good or bad, it depends on their heart. The heart. But in this case, he talks about things that defile or spoil a person. Let's move on here, please. So what are these that come from a person's heart? What he's calling evil thoughts? Sexual immorality. Zadama. Theft. Kuba. Murder. Kupa. Adultery. Chikololo. Greed. Diera. So like those that are stealing public money in government and what that they are, they are in the category of the greed the yes it's coming from their hearts mm? mm-hmm. yes so if you appoint someone to be a cabinet minister and his heart is full of greed you will destroy the whole thing Yes, you will be stealing. Mm. So if you are a man and you marry a lady who is full of greed, she will be stopping you from tithing. She will be telling you, look, that man is too much. Give it to me. I want to buy Brazilian hair. Brazilian hair. And matching shoe. And matching dress. If you don't, this lady will grab you by the neck. And when you say no, I will still pay my tithe. She will be saying, you, 
And she will grab you by the neck. You may think it is a joke. <laughs> okay, okay, let me give you the money. Yes. And that is how people have been stealing from us. Because their hearts are full of greed. Let's move on. This uh, malice, deceit, chinyengo, lewdness, envy, slander, chipongwe, and then arrogance. Mwano. I don't know whether you've come across grown-ups that are arrogant. And then folly. Kumanso kupusa. No one will just be foolish. It is a thought of the heart. And you appoint such a person into cabinet. Your government is in trouble. Best all these come from inside and defile a person. Hence the instruction of Proverbs 4, verse 23. Above all else, what must you do, my friend? Guard your heart. Are you able to give us Proverbs 4, verse 23, my friend? NIV. Or else. Guard your heart. Why? Because everything that you do flows from the heart. Rise on your feet. Give the Lord a shout, please, everyone. Hallelujah. Amen. Give the Lord a shout, please, everyone. Lift your hands and appreciate the Lord. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We worship you. We honor you. We thank you, Lord. We glorify you. We appreciate you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory. We appreciate you, Lord. For ministering unto our lives. Glory and we bless you. We glorify you. We honor you, Lord. We adore you. We give you praise, we give you glory, we glorify you, we honor you, we adore you, we magnify you. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We honor you. We adore you. We magnify you. Glory to your name. Rikata yadaba zandere bababa shanda kayaba zatekete yadadaba randere besita yadadaba retekete yandere bababa randarababa zatakayaba shatadaba zekita yandere bababa rapa. 
Hababu Zemerebe Zikanda Zatekete Zanda Radadababa Rekitande Jesus, mighty name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. Amen. Proverbs 23. Verse 26. Proverbs 23, verse 26. Proverbs 23, verse 26. It's a very solemn request that God is making here. God is saying, My son, give me your heart. Because the hearts of many are not given to the Lord. You see, Jesus said, Yes, Adati. Let your yes be yes. And let your no be no. But for so many, it is not like that. Their yes must not be believed as a real yes. When they say yes, they may be meaning something else. They can't be trusted. So God is saying, my son, give me your heart. And let your eyes observe my ways. It is not possible for your eyes to observe the ways of God unless your heart is given to him. What is in your heart? Some people have got idols in their hearts. And when alinima fano mitima yao. Pride. Kunyada. Last. Zilako lako. You sit in their decisions. What kind of decision is this? The problem is the heart. They have a certain level of arrogance that will not listen to anyone. In case there is something in your heart, that has been hindering God from doing the best that he wants to do for you. There isn't much time. I want to give you a minute or two. To surrender your heart to God. 
and allow him take anything from your heart that must not be there. Dikumulola kuti acho tsichiri chose muntima mwana chimesi kuno kana menemo. I'm sure you have read Psalm 19 verse 12. Dukumbe mnawe renga Psalm 19 verse 12. Some of you don't know these scriptures. It's important to capture such scriptures. Nzabu nokuremba malemba menemo. Says who can understand his errors? Audindananga vetsese zola kuitsa zake. Cleanse me from secret thoughts. Is there something that has crept into your heart unnoticed? And you find yourself behaving in a funny, funny, not normal way. The request from heaven is my son. Give me your heart. Let me deal with it. Let me correct what needs correction about your heart. How come that you know the truth? You know the right thing that must be done. But somehow you choose to act in a certain way. My friend, God is saying, give me your heart. That is where the problem is. I don't have time to take you to Psalm 51. Because this, that Psalm was composed by David as a Psalm of repentance. His sin was that he committed adultery with Bathsheba and even masterminded the killing of her husband Uriah. And his pastor Nathan went to him. Says, sir, you are in trouble. You've committed iniquity. Sin may be committed in secret, but it will always be known. It will always be known. If it is not known by man, certainly God knows it. And he's the one saying, Hey, don't pretend. Give me your heart. You know David said to God in Psalm 51, Renew in me a right spirit mzimu wolonto laoyenera in other words i have been nursing a wrong spirit all this time that's why i did what i did It is true you are born again. That's not what we are talking about. We are saying have you given your heart to God? Is your heart given to God? How come that even though you know the right thing to be done you know what god wants and yet somehow you choose to act in a certain way my friend i'm telling you where the problem is your heart mtima wanu your heart mtima wanu check your heart unaniso mtima wanu And God is saying give your heart 
to me. Depart I want to correct it. So your prayer now is Lord. I surrender my heart. Deal with my heart. And anything in my heart that is in need of correction. Take out from my heart anything that defiles. Some of which you know. You know what has been bothering your life. Mention it. Don't pretend. Don't say, oh Father, in the name of Jesus, if, if there is anything in my when you know what it is, please, please, who is fooling who? Come on. Be honest with yourself. If you are ever going to say if there is anything, it should be that you really don't know anything. Otherwise, many of us know what needs to be taken out of our hearts. Let us be honest before God. Let's humble ourselves. I don't have time to read scriptures about humility. I did that in the first service. You need to get the message for First service. Acknowledging that you have a problem is one of the highest forms of humility. Don't pretend, don't look dignified before God when you know that there are issues to sort out. Lift your voice. Please pray. I'm giving you two minutes, please. Somebody lift your voice. Shakata rigadia mahande. Sakata rigadei basuta rigadia.
Jesus. Mighty name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. Amen. It's an issue that we need to deal with for some time. So we wouldn't have the time to really allow you to do this within the service. But as a responsible Christian, this is something that you need to reflect on um, in, in more thorough ways. Your heart. The other time I gave a teaching on heart management. Because everything really depends on the heart. We probably need to come back to that teaching at some point. Your heart. Your heart. Sometimes you ask, this guy is supposed to be a good Christian. Why is he behaving this way? The heart. Jeremiah said the heart is deceitful above everything else. I want to give somebody here an opportunity. In case you are here, you are not born again. You are saying, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Or you may be saying, I'm already born again, but I'm in need of spiritual restoration. If that is you, just lift your right hand, I want to see you. God bless you. God bless you. Any more hands? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All of you that have lifted your hands, walk to the front so that we can pray with you and for you. If you are clapping, you can clap louder for the kingdom. Glory be to God. Please face the altar. Face the altar, please. Lift your hands. There could be a lot more watching online. You want to be born again or you want to renew your relationship with Jesus. So because of that, we will begin with English prayer first. And thereafter we pray in Tichewa. So somebody say, Heavenly Father, 
Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I acknowledge, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. That I am a sinner. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And have mercy upon my life. And have mercy upon my life. I now receive Jesus. I now receive Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. As my Lord and personal Savior. And I shall walk with Him. And I shall walk with Him all the days of my life. All the days of my life. I receive. I receive spiritual restoration. Spiritual restoration as i renounce as i renounce every sin every sin and compromise and compromise from now on from now on i shall be consistent i shall be consistent in my walk with jesus in my walk with jesus thank you father thank you father in jesus name in jesus name amen amen Mozina la Yesu Kristo Mozina la Yesu Kristo Ndikutokozani Ndikutokozani Chifwacha ukuluwanu Chifwacha ukuluwanu Pamviyanu Pamviyanu Komanso ulemelelowanu Komanso ulemelelowanu Lero Lero Ndikufomeleza Ndikufomeleza Kurindine ochima Kurindine ochima Ndipondi kupempa Ndipondi kupempa Kutimu ndikululukile Kutimu ndikululukile Ambuye Yesu Ambuye Yesu Loani muntima mwanga Loani muntima mwanga Mukale ambuye Mukale ambuye Komanso mpulomotse Komanso mpul Kwa Chifukwa moyo wanga wa uzimu Wabwezele tzedwa Ndasambi tzedwa Ndimuazi wa Kristu Yesu Monga maukoma mtima kwanu Monga maukoma mtima kwanu Mutina la Yesu Kristu Mutina la Yesu Kristu Amen Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks and praise for these precious ones. We dedicate them to you. We pray, Holy Father, that they shall be rooted and built up in Christ. We pray that they shall be established in the faith. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. We pray also, Holy Father, that after this life, they are all going to make heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Somebody clap for the King of Kings. Hallelujah. Are you excited you came to the house of the Lord? Do you believe by your coming you have awakened from your spiritual slumber? Then jump on your feet and begin to celebrate God for the power of ministration of His word. Thank Him, everyone. Appreciate Him. Appreciate Him for reviving your spiritual life in the name of Jesus. Stand. Anyone who came here sick. I declare you healed in the name of Jesus. I declare you healed in the name of Jesus. Those attending interviews this month. 
I declare you successful in the name of Jesus. Those expecting to travel to places far and near. In this month of October. I declare travel messages in the name of Jesus. None of you is going to be a victim of road accidents. No one is going to be a victim of any kind of accident. In the name of Jesus. You believe it? Can I hear loud a shout of amen there? Amen. This month, may the Lord of heaven, Jehovah El Shaddai, feed you in ways you never imagined. In the name of Jesus, may you obey him in this 10 week campaign that was launched last Sunday in the name of Jesus. And as you commit yourself to this campaign, may the hand of God open strange doors of favor in your direction in the name of Jesus. You believe that? Can I hear loud a shout of Amen. Amen. Now, this week, somebody listening to me is encountering destiny helpers. Destiny helpers. In the name of Jesus. Please clap your hands for the King of Kings. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalm 23 and verse number 6. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Masalimo 23 verse 6 In the Masigu Onse Amwewanga Dipo Ditakala Munyumba Yehovah Masigu Onse Amen. Amen.